With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is the final word. Good evening, I'm Albie Oxenreiter. Welcome to the award-winning final word. Yes, we've added another award, but there's no time to talk about that. It would be far from humble, right? All right, uh, this is a place where you have the rare opportunity to get in on the conversation. You can get your opinion on TV right here every Sunday night. And here they are, the star-studded panelists, the afternoon host at 105.9 The X, Mark Madden. Hi, Mark. Albie, I have come here unkempt (laughs) and untrimmed, but also unapologetic, and to be one thing and one thing only, and that is absolutely electric. Yes. And from our partner, DKPittsburghSports.com, it's Dan Kovacevic. Abby, I, uh, Albie, I, I too <laughs> will be electric. But as you can tell from my mangling the intro there, I'm going to pay a tribute to the Penguins and wait until the third segment to be that. How about if I told you I've been called a lot worse? <laughs> All right. From the Trib, also a Steelers radio host, Tim Benz. Jeff Capel, after the Pitt Panther loss today to NC State, is now 6-24 and in his three seasons in the months of February and March. My God, Jeff Capel is worse after Groundhog's Day than Mike Tomlin is after Thanksgiving in the last two months of a season. That, I thought, was impossible. All right, Pitt loses to NC State today. Some of the topics we're talking about tonight, we're looking for five words in the Penn's recent run against the Caps and Islanders with player or organization member by the Penguins uh, isn't getting enough credit uh, for his role in the Penn success so far. Besides Ben Roethlisberger, who are the players the Steelers should prioritize keeping in their free agent list? And the Pirates aren't expected to win many. What's one interesting thing about them that you're looking forward to watching this season? Hey, they won today too, right? The first big topic, name one specific thing the Pens have had, uh, will have to improve to outlast the other four teams they're chasing or battling for a playoff spot. Mark, start us off. I know people think I pick on number 71 a lot. Mm. But if he don't get going, they got no chance to make the playoffs. They have done what they've done positive so far despite him and in no way because of him. And Mike Sullivan has a tough road to hoe when it comes to Evgeny Malkin because you can't scratch him. You can't bench him. You can't demote him. You can't even yell at him. He's earned the right to have none of that happen to him, which means he's got to look within and find a way to get it going. But I see no sign of that whatsoever. We're almost 20 games in. 
He's a habitual minus two. He's a defensive liability. He's not getting points, and he's killing the power play. All right. In fact, exactly 20. And Dan, you're next. Yeah, he was all that and so much less today on Long Island. I'm going to take <clears throat> Mark's ending there and segue into my own, which is the power play. Uh, if you're going to see one thing get going that'll make the Penguins collectively a different team, a more competitive team, possibly even a contender. It's got to be the power play. But I'm sorry, you can't keep sending the same five guys over the boards and expecting a different result. At some point or other, in addition to getting Geno going, you need to have a gunner in the equation. The one thing the Penguins like to do, Albie, is they like to work around the perimeter and then see if they can kind of drop a pass into the slot and see what happens with it. Problem is, they don't have a gunner there. Kasperi Kapanen needs to be part of that power play. Maybe Mike Matheson, at least he gets the puck through. But as Mark said, what you really need to do, you can't do. One Mike, Mike Matheson, absolutely. He's Sergei yes. Gonchar lights. Yeah, but that a half wind up. I'd love to see him out on the point. Their one power play today looked like a penalty kill. All right, uh, Tim, you're next. I'd say win a few in regulation. How about that? Uh, the excitement about this NHL schedule was supposed to be everything's a four-point game. You win two, you take two away from the other team. Well, not if you keep giving them one. The Penguins need to start stacking wins and getting some in regulation. Uh, I think during this stretch of time that we talked about between the Caps and Isles of their six wins in that batch, three of them came in overtime or a shootout, so you're just giving a point away to the other team. All right, a reminder, keep the comments coming. You can find us on Twitter at WPXI Final Word, on Facebook at The Final Word. Now it's time for five words. Give us five words on the Penguins' recent run against the Capitals and Islanders. Brian on Facebook says they're keeping pace with them, sort of. Uh, treading water, need more wins. That's from Twitter. And finally, Tony on Facebook, encouraging, but scheduling is terrible. Now Mark Dayan and Tim, five words on the recent run against the Caps and Islanders. Mark, you're first. Too many bleeping loser points. That ties into what Tim said. The Penguins just finished 10 straight games against either Washington or the New York Islanders. They went six and four. That ain't bad because those are pretty good teams. But they gave up three loser points. They give away all these loser points all season long. That will certainly come up and bite them in the backside when the final standings are compiled. They gotta win games in regulation. Day in five words. Enough Capitals and Islanders already. That's my biggest takeaway. Uh, this last ten, this, these last ten games, Mark's right. They did come away probably with more points than most of us expected out of that stretch. Now you have some teams that'll at least skate. They'll at least go back and forth with you a little bit. If the Penguins are going to get better, and I'm not making any predictions here, if they're going to get better, it's going to be because they're getting that swagger back a little bit. They're skating, they're creating, they're making plays, they're making offense, and yes, that includes 71. Again, I'm not expecting that, but I think there's a better chance of that happening against the Flyers and the Sabres and the Devils and these other teams that they haven't really faced. All right, Tim, five words. Goaltending definitely makes a difference. Tristan Jari has been better of late during this swath of games against the Islanders and the Caps. His goals against average was 2.62. It's much better than his season average of 3.14, and it was higher before this pack of games started because of his better play. Casey DeSmith allowed two goals today, uh, one of which I'm sure he wants back at least, but he was good at even strength. Uh, the penalty kill certainly 
helped to let them down, but I think the goaltending has been better of late, and that's part of the reason why they won the games that they did. All right, thanks, guys. Still to come, what player or organization member for the Penguins isn't getting enough credit for his role in the success so far this season? Mike on Facebook says, Rust. The panel jumps in on the subject when the final word continues. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back. I'm Albie Oxenrider tonight with Mark Madden, Dan Kovacevic, and Tim Benz. Our next topic, what player or organization member for the Penguins isn't getting enough credit for his role in the Pens' success so far this season? Tim, you're up. Well, I guess if you had to look for somebody, um, it would be Mike Matheson, in my opinion, because he has been so much better of late. I think people had a predisposed notion of what he is but at least appreciate the offense that he has to Mark's earlier point. Or maybe it's Cody Ceci, the other defenseman who we already convicted as being the next Jack Johnson before he ever took a shift. Uh, I think those guys, at least in the offensive end for Matheson and overall for Ceci, have been better than we expected because we've been so down recently on the uh, latter stage Jim Rutherford acquisitions. All right, same answer on Twitter. Matheson and CeCe. Dayan's next. Uh, I go with Teddy Bluger without even thinking <laughs> twice about it. I, I try to imagine what this team season would have been like if you had just kind of pulled Teddy out of the equation. Uh, he's been dynamite at both ends of the rink. He has been a good penalty killer. Brandon Tan has been a good penalty killer. Most of the rest of the PK guys haven't been anywhere near as good, which is why the PK's been mediocre overall. Uh, I think Teddy Bluger still has more ceiling to his game. I, I definitely go with him. All right, Mark. First off, by the way, they need to use Kasperi Kapan on the penalty kill. He was one of the best at the PK in Toronto last year, and I don't think he's done it even once yet this no, year. No, he hasn't. But uh, I would say Teddy Bluger, except I think Teddy Bluger does get his share of credit. He has been brilliant this year, so I'm going to go with Cody Ceci. Hmm. When I look at that roster, I think very few players – have gotten everything they can out of their talent on the season, 20 games in, and Cody Ceci may be the only one to score 10 out of 10 in that regard, so he's my pick. All right, next to the Steelers and what has been and what will be a busy offseason, here's our uh, topic. Besides Ben Roethlisberger, who are the players the Steelers should prioritize keeping among their free agents uh, back to Dan uh, I haven't I'm not going to make an exception for Ben in this one I'm going to say it's Mike Hilton and, and, and Cam Sutton I think the Steelers need to keep that defense together if they're serious about contending and competing in 2021 
I still don't know that it's practical. I don't know that it's going to happen. They're going to have to have one whale of an offseason, particularly in rebuilding that offense. But your best chance, your best hope, is to keep as many pieces of that defense together as possible. And that starts with Mike Hilton and Cam Sutton. All right, back to Twitter. Bud Dupree for starters. Tim, what do you think? Yeah, but they can't prioritize a guy they're not going to be able to keep. <laughs> Same thing with Juju. I mean, you'd say Juju, but they're not going to be able to afford him. Bud Dupree, not going to be able to afford him. James Conner, probably don't want to afford him because of his injury history. Uh, you know, same thing with Al Villanueva. He's going to get better offers uh, potentially from the Colts, from the Chargers, from what I've been reading anyway. So I would go along with what Dayon says. At least you can probably keep Sutton or Hilton if the Ben deal works out the way that it does. Maybe Tyson Alualu. I would say prioritize the guys that you can. Throw Filer in there if you want to put him back at tackle, but only if you want to put him back at tackle. Mark? I think it needs to be Juju Smith-Schuster because he wants so badly to stay here, <laughs> here and make comes. the Steelers his lifetime legacy. <laughs> Goodbye, Juju. Uh, Goodbye. I can't wait till March 17th. My happy hour, woo, it's going to be real happy. But I go with Dejon because I think you cut a veteran cornerback, probably Hayden, make Sutton a starter, and Hilton is so dynamic as their nickelback. I think those are the two guys you got to keep and you can't keep. And by the way, Sutton might get some decent offers elsewhere. I don't think Mike Hilton has anywhere near the same value he has here in a very specialized role. All right, to the Pirates now. We're running the gamut. They started the Grapefruit League schedule today with a win, as you know. Mark, Pirates aren't expected to win many. What's one interesting thing about them that you're looking forward to watching? Well, I intend to watch all the home games and keep track of who wins the most pierogi races. Uh, that is the only thing about them vaguely interesting. Albie, best case scenario, Dejon, you chime in too. Hmm. When are they going to be competitive again? Truly competitive, best case scenario. Best case scenario is a couple of years. Okay, I'll talk about them then. There we go. All right, let's go to Twitter. They've got a handful of guys who could still be very good ball players. Reynolds, Tucker, Newman in particular. Dan. We talked the other day, and you said you were prospect watching. Yeah, I mean, I was in Florida last week covering the Pirates for five days, first five days, and I'll tell you what, Brian Hayes is the one that you really got to be watching this year. He's an awful lot of fun, but he's, he's just a, an exceptional talent. Uh, fun to watch playing defense, but also and we saw how he hit. Now, it's not fair to have that expectation of him. I mean, he's not going to hit like Ted Williams every month the rest of his career the way he did in September 2020, but he's an impact player. Mitch Keller is another one to watch, the young pitcher who stands now at the front of that rotation, which is crazy, but that's the way they're set up. Other than that, you're watching prospects, right? Prospects, prospects, prospects. All right, Tim, what are you watching? I got three things. Number one, when does Vanessa Hudgens show up to throw out the first pitch? Number two, which Vanderbilt pitcher do they draft? Number three, what do they get for Polanco whenever they decide they're going to trade him? <laughs> Aside from that, I got nothing. They would have traded Polanco a year ago, Tim, if they could. Anybody in particular, Dan, you talk about the prospects, and that's what you watched when you were down in Bradenton. Is that what you're, at least in spring well, training? Well, more than anything, it's Nick, Nick Gonzalez, the first rounder that, they, that, that Ben Sherrington got, second baseman who's capable of hitting the cover off the ball. Uh, most scouts see him as a better prospect than Brian Hayes, and that right off the bat should raise your eyebrows. Same goes for Quinn Priester, the pitcher. 
I'm with Tim. I want to see Cole, Hud uh, Cole Tucker's girlfriend, Vanessa Hudgens. You call, you almost called him Cole Hudgens. <laughs> well, That's what he will I, that, be. <laughs> I was just going to say, that ain't a bad idea. He might as well just sign All up right. for that right now. When we uh, come back around the horn on any topic, the final word is next. Welcome back. It's time for the final word. Everybody gets a chance. Tim Benz, guess what? You're first. I'll come full circle from whence I came to start the show and go back to pit basketball in talking about uh, the Panthers and their rough week, not just the loss to NC State, but also the transfers that they've had, the departures of Xavier Johnson and Audis Tony. You know, it used to be the easy thing to say is Jeff Capel's got him pointed in the right direction. Well, of course he did. What was the other direction? Going back to Kevin Stallings? You know, if you still think that Jeff Capel has him pointed in the right direction, I'd suggest check your compass because it ain't going true north anymore. Over the, it was tough the first year to be sure. That was rebuilding. Then it was a bad finish the second year. Now this is just not a good season, especially after you started well, even though you had the bad loss to St. Francis at the start of the season. It can't be so easy as Capel is just doing better than Stallings anymore in the analysis of where the pit program is, and that goes for what personnel he keeps, which in the transfer era is as big of a deal as who you recruit in the first place. Mark, final word. Well, first off, Capel's a fraud, just like Narduzzi. But I know who my new favorite penguin is, Mike Matheson. He can skate like the wind. He has great offensive instincts. And he has terrible defensive instincts. <laughs> and that is one heck of a combination. Just last week, I think it was in the same game, he did a 200-foot give-and-go where he ended up scoring the tying goal. Yeah. But he also, on an odd man break against, played the pass. The problem is Pierre-Olivier Joseph was also playing, playing the pass. The and Jordan Eberle just waltzed in for a de facto breakaway goal. I love it. You never know what's going to happen at either end. Day and final word. <laughs> I'm not going to top the Mike Matheson tribute there, but I will say that the next set of Olympics that they're getting ready for, maybe, possibly, in Tokyo is starting to raise eyebrows because national federations around the world are starting to push their athletes to the front of the vaccination lines to make sure that nothing goes wrong with them uh, heading into the games. Now, that's being met with exactly the kind of re reaction that you'd expect. I bring that up mostly because, look, we haven't done everything right, to say the least, in the United States with this pandemic. But say this for the North American professional sports leagues. They've really chipped in. They've done their part. You haven't heard one peep from anybody, athletes or teams, about having any kind of cut-in-line sessions. I'm looking at 3,000 people lined up outside PNC Park over the weekend. There's going to be another couple thousand at Heinz Field. The sports teams have done their part in this country. All right. We know if, if Canada wants to get Sid vaccinated, I'm all for it. <laughs> I'm all for it. Eight games from now, the Penguins will be exactly halfway through the regular season. With that in mind, they need to make hay ASAP. The schedule at the end of the season appears to be easier than what they've had to deal with the last few weeks. But the next three are against the team right in front of them, at least for now, the Flyers. Five of the next nine are against the Flyers and Bruins. So if you're one of those people that thinks, there's a lot of hockey to be left. Remember, it's a short season, so I'm here to tell you 
not as much hockey as you think. I'm Albie Oxenrider for Mark, Dan, and Tim. Thanks for staying up late with us. We'll see you next time.